0: There is a light at the end of the tunnel here. It seems like spring training has been going on forever. Uh, Maybe because of the pandemic season, you know, a shortened spring training, then a lockout, and just getting things rushed, but you know what, I'm ready for some meaningful baseball. But before we get to that, we got to bring back Jason Mackey one more time, down there in Pirate City, down there in Bradenton, traveling all over to Lakeland to to up to Clearwater wherever he's going the man's always on a move he's always taking good food pictures though too so we might have to get into that just a little bit but Jason how you doing today brother
1: I'm doing great man thank you for having me i happy to do one more of these things while I'm down there um, I love this place and I'm ready to leave um, I've been using some version of that line but like You know, spring training is awesome. It's one of my favorite times of the year. I love the weather. I love the access. I love getting to watch ball just every day. Um, A lot more of it, I think, sometimes than you do in the season. But it just gets to the point where I feel like we're we're there right now. Enough is enough. Let's go. Let's see the real stuff. I want to be in Cincinnati, even if I'm cold. I probably won't be saying that on Saturday if we're, like, two games in and it's 37 degrees, but (laughs) for right now, yeah, I want to. I want to see the final cuts and the final uh, roster manipulations that the Pirates make, and uh, and let's start it.
0: Yeah, and we've definitely started to see. You know, a lot of people. You know, it's like, okay, we're down to fifty-nine guys. Okay, we're down to fit, and then you know, now we're down to forty. And then there, there's different things being announced. And I feel like with this spring training, the other part of it is that there's just been a lot of. It's a lot of what ifs. A lot of different speculations. Of things that been going, uh, you know, we're gonna go on and have gone on. Uh, when we first sat down with you before spring training even started, I mean, we we had a conversation, you know, about Rodolfo Castro, and we talked about you know, some of the stuff that he has difficulty with, and it's just maybe the type of player that he is. And once again, these are all extreme sm- small sample sizes, but then you have people like just overreacting to the fact that man. Like, we didn't see this coming. Like, we were told, like, Rodolfo Castro is our second baseman. Jack Sawinski's is a, a guaranteed spot in the outfield and is going to perform well. And you're seeing young guys kind of struggle and stumble a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, would it it'll be a lot easier if the Pirates were leaving Bradenton and Jack Sawinski and Rodolfo Castro had, like, run away with it with those positions? Sure. You wouldn't question it. But, I mean, I also think back to last year, and Diego Castillo and Kevin Newman were world beaters. I think Newman—that was Newman six hundred, whatever. Yeah, I mean, might have been the year before. Um, you know, they've been really good spring training players, right? Like, would we feel any better about it if Rodolfo Castro was hitting a lot? Would well, we say, "Oh, well, problems are solved for 2023. He's good now. He's the guy. He's entrenched." I mean, no, we wouldn't. I mean, we're we're still seeing that the kid has stuff to work on, um, and that's okay. And ironically, some of what they need to work on is similar. You know, we're talking swing decisions, too much swing and miss. Um, You know, just being a little bit more of a hitter versus a a striker every once in a while kind of guy. Um, Yeah, Sawinski's defense, I think, has been somewhat like wind and sun altered. Um, Castro's defense, I feel like, has been by and large okay. It hasn't been a problem. Um, But I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I feel like it would be awesome if we had some sort of definitive answer right now. We just don't. And so to me, the de facto response is, well, these kids did something last year in the major leagues. They're probably the best option we have. And so let's do it. Um, you know, you're, you're going to run into a bit of an issue in the outfield with Swaggerty and Smith and Jigba if this continues. I and mean, I think it will. I don't see how you can keep both and give them enough reps I think you need to keep one just because otherwise, I mean, what the heck competition existed if the two guys who won it won it didn't make your team, like you got to find a spot for one. In my opinion, we can get more into that. Um, But I just, you know, I, I I didn't feel like we would solve anything with Castro, even if it was good. It hasn't been good. I still think he's going to be their second
0: base. Yeah. And, and I can't disagree with you there. and, And I can't really, you know, Question the decision if that's what's made because I mean, if there was a competition, I know that Shelton came out you know before the season and said, you know, we don't have the everyday guy, but then you have you know a Tucapita Marcano, you have a a G1 Bay, and and those guys you know didn't really step up either. And not to say that they're you know not going to show up at the major league level at, at some point in time, I mean, that would be absolutely silly to say. But they're also guys that, you know, didn't get as much time as Rodolfo Castro did in the major leagues last year, and to all of his faults, you know, still put together a fairly decent season for, you know, a quote-unquote rookie.
1: Yeah, and I, the thing with Marcano, like, he doesn't offer anything to me that Bay doesn't, and the upside for Bay is much larger. Uh, in my opinion, the the discussion here is between Bay and Castro. And you're looking at Castro and you're saying, okay, this guy can probably put the ball over the fence with some consistency. Um, He doesn't offer you a lot of position versatility, but I think there's more of a hitter in there, at least right now, than there is with Bay. Um, And has he done enough to lose the job, especially... With what the competition has looked like with the other guys. And I, I don't think he has. Um, you know, you can roll with G1 Bay, and, and honestly, maybe they keep G1 Bay for a bench spot. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I think it helps his cause that he can reliably play center field. He can go over to shortstop if needed. I think Castro is a little bit more of a fish out of water over there. But I, I think what you're banking on with Castro is that he is a better hitter, theoretically, should be a better hitter than G1 Bay. He hits for what they need. They need guys that will provide some semblance of slug. Um, you know, and, and again, it doesn't mean you need to jettison G1 Day. It just means that Castro is probably your second baseman. The is going to wind up bouncing.
0: Yeah, and there's where people, like, we're talking, I mean, about Castro. We're, we're you know, mentioning Sawinski and, and different stuff to get to that. I mean, people, like, that's where, like, this spring training stuff, it's like, well, you know, it should have been an open competition. You know, Jack I've you know, got his shot last year, but now in spring training, you know, Caden Smith and Jigba and and Travis Swaggerty are tearing it up. So take those two, and I wouldn't mind seeing Sawinski go down to AAA. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, so you're going to just ignore those 19 home runs? I mean, I know there was the strikeout problems, right, right. but like – yeah, yeah, can you ignore, ignore those in
1: favor of the grapefruit league? That's what you're going to do. That's what people want them to do. It's astonishing.
0: I, I don't see how, how people get to that, that that type of decision-making. Yep. And it's not saying once again, it's not saying that at some point in time, Kanan Smith and Jigba that, the Travis Swaggerty, I mean, they've done pretty much if you said, okay, these guys did everything that was asked of them. Yeah, I mean, it may seem like just a little bit, quote-unquote, maybe unfair for, you know, one or both of them to start out the year in AAA, but it, it was something that you mentioned earlier, Jason, is, is just, you know, getting these guys at bats, is there is there going to be enough room to get, you know, you were saying a, a Swaggerty and a Kanon Smith and Jigba at bats when it looks like you're probably taking, you know, McCutcheon as a part-time outfielder, DH... Uh, Reynolds, uh, Connor Joe, who has uh, one thing I didn't notice is that Connor Joe likes to steal bases. I saw that, and I'm like, man, Connor Joe's like showed a little bit of versatility in this game. But but those are guys that are kind of guaranteed to a degree here at this point in time. So like, yeah, I mean, I don't see how you could go with both.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't. You can't you really can't. I mean, unless Kanan Smith and Jacob comes in on Thursday, after the offense that and said, I've learned second base. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but I mean, they, like, it's just they're, they're hamstrung a little bit there. And you only have so many DH at bats. I mean, you're going to, you know, DH is basically going to go to Santana or Choi. Um, I would go Choi at this point. Santana has played a lot more first base. Um, Choi has not looked good over there. I might add, and Choi, has not looked good doing much of anything. I would also add. I mean, honestly, one of the things that I think about a lot with this team is: it worth is it worth the it cut? Choice, and and it might be. Um, you know, they can. There's a, a thing in the the new CBA. Like if you go to an arb hearing, that your contract is not guaranteed until the first day of the season. So they can get out from under him right now, uh, but they have to pay him 45 days of termination pay. Which is over a million dollars. And it's obviously not very much the Pirates' way to pay a guy a million plus to not play for them. Uh, but at the same time, like if you do want to legitimately give opportunities to younger guys, if you want to try to balance your roster out in a way that makes more sense, imagine not having Choi in the mix. And then you have, you know, Santana, you can put Cutch at DH. Maybe Connor Joe goes in the outfield. Connor Joe becomes. You know, you're you're third with Sawinski and Reynolds, and then you're rotating Smith and Jacob and or Swaggerty. Like, you've just got another spot to play with. Um, I don't have any intel that they're going to do that, but, I mean, at this point, you're going to pay G-Man Choi $4.65 million to do what? Play for half a season? You're going to hope to get something out of him? Enough that it's going to net a a prospect when he could be had for a fringe minor leaguer this offseason? Is he really going to hit that much? Uh, I question that, and so, you know, it's it's a million and change to get rid of them, and I, I have a tough time seeing the pirates do that. But it might be the best move for the team to free up some at bats and some developmental stuff for their guys.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we've already seen. I mean, a Connor Joe, a guy that can also play first base and and plays it fairly well defensively. So I mean, I couldn't. You, we're obviously not going to see you know a a thirty seven year old Carlos Santana stand out there for you know, 162 games, but it that it does free up, you know, because if you bring, you know, like you're saying, bring Connor Joe into first base, then it then it, it frees up some, some more at-bats, you know, in the outfield as well. So, I mean, that's just something to consider. And when I first saw somebody throw that out there on Twitter, I kind of thought, I'm like, man, that's kind of crazy. But then it was like thinking like, okay, G-Man Choi dealing with an elbow issue, didn't hit well towards the end of last year you know, got it cleaned up a little bit, and, you know, is still coming back from that injury, and it's like, you know, maybe we thought he was going to recover quicker, it, it didn't happen, you know, sorry, G-Man Choi, and then it, it, it's not like he wouldn't be picked up somewhere else. I mean, he's got enough of a track record in Major League Baseball that, you know, somebody's going to give him a shot, and he's going to play some Major League ball this year. You would
1: think so. Um, you know, it was not great last year. <laughs> I mean, 188 over his last 60, something like that. Like, you can pull a WRC plus or OPS plus And, like, they paid him in a decently favorable light. But, you know, we're talking about somebody who moves not at all at first base, um, throwing not good. Like, on a better team, there's no way he's getting out in the field or should be out in the field. Like, he does not run well. Um, you know, he's not an... Uh, overpowering power hitter. Like, he's going to put the ball over the fence from time to time. Okay. He's going to laugh and be silly and be kind of funny. Okay. That's great. Uh, He's going to take some pitches and and work some counts. Okay. Is that worth $5.5 million? Or $4.5 million, I guess, is what he wound up with. Like, I just – I don't see it. I don't see it. I would much rather just cut my losses and say, you know what? I'm going to pay him this. Otherwise, I would be on the hook paying him this – to get to the season. I don't think I'm going to get anything back for him that makes sense. And I'd rather just pay my young guys. And I understand why the Pirates did what they did with him. Like, you you trade for him because you don't yet have Carlos Santana and you have no assurance of having carlos santana but once santana agrees to sign with them and they're able to consummate like of course you do it it makes sense you figure out the details later well these are these are the details these are the we're gonna figure it out later like carlos santana is just a much better fit for the team he has been around castro and Cruz. people love him i'm I, i'm fine with this defense i think his offense is gonna turn around i don't put much stock in veterans and how they perform in spring training it's like carlos santana is such a a better fit for this team but makes G-Man Choi expendable. And, I, man, I just, I just wouldn't be married to keeping him on the club.
0: Yeah, and that's that's where Ben Charrington goes, is that, I mean, the man doesn't make a move until he has, like, other moves solidified. That, that's the way he's kind of always running. It's, it's not a bad way, but like you said, it was just like, okay, we got – Connor Joe, but we didn't know we were going to get Andrew McCutcheon. You know, we got G-Man Choi. We didn't know we were going to get Carlos Santana. We got... You know, a- what, you know what,
1: Craig, though? Like, in Charrington's defense, like, you can't predict that with Carlos Santana. No,
0: absolutely like, they, not. They
1: don't know. They're trying. And, and if he doesn't go after Choi, all of a sudden we're sitting here saying, what the heck are you doing, dude? You, you, Your first base offensive production was a black hole. You're not getting anything. And then you go get Connor Joe, which was a reasonable deal, and then he had no way of knowing Kutch was going to text Bob Nutting and say, "I want to come back." Like,
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> come, come and it's, was, and it's, it's so the same nuts. thing as it's the same thing as as signing a Vince Velasquez. You know, not knowing that you were going to be able to sign you know, Rich Hill. He's he he definitely hedges his bets. It's it's definitely not a bad thing. It's just it's it's the way this kind of offseason has is gone, and it. It's taken you know turns, but at some point in time, you know, at this, you have to look and say, you know, we want the these guys to get so many at bats. We want these guys to get so many innings, and, and I don't disagree with with the Choi thing whatsoever. And like I said, when it first came, somebody had mentioned it. I was like, man, that, there's no way they would do that. That's crazy. Like, why would they do that? And then like listening to you and, and hearing everything else, I'm like, you know what? It, it it definitely kind of makes sense, and it, it wouldn't be the first time that. You know, a, a veteran was cut from a team. You know, surprisingly, towards you know the end of spring training. It's it's not like it hasn't happened before. <laughs> ever see me out and about in pittsburgh you will always recognize me and not just because of the white beard but also because of the why that is always on top of my head the hat i always wear the Yins brand proud partners with bucks in the basement three dynasties one brand yinz finally one brand to rep all black and gold follow at shop Yins for new merch drops and giveaways order online at WW Shop Yins, the emphasis on the two Zs, high quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold made for Yins by a Yinzer. But one thing like that uh, we've kind of been talking about here is you know, a lot of you know, overreactions and and I don't know, underreactions uh, to spring training numbers and different stuff. And you can answer this as as honestly and openly as you, you can. Do you think that in some ways we as Pirates fans and as that we think with our hearts a little bit and we find these guys that we like and if it's not him, then it's we almost get upset if it's another guy who performs better?
1: Yes. <laughs> and I think that's sports fandom in general, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you have who you want and you have what, what things you want to support and who uh, who you have an emotional connection with or whatever, and I'm, I'm not here to debate any of that. But, I mean, do I think that, like, Pirates fans get hooked on to causes? Of course they do. I also cover the Penguins, and I think Penguins fans get hooked on to causes. Shoot, media members get hooked on to causes. You know, that's a the, the whole rabbit hole of, like, psychology and professional sports. But, um, you know, I, I think I – think, that fans and people on the outside, and I'm guilty of it too, are way too reactionary to what happens in spring training. Because if you think about what we've seen in spring training, and then put that in a, a month-long stretch from July 17th to August you know 16th, we're not going to be reacting to any of that stuff. But now, because it's at the beginning, and because we're all starving for the sport that we love... We're reacting to it and basing decisions off it, basing roster moves off it, and and all of that stuff. Um, I, I am glad and I would hope that all professional teams take a more sobering look at the situation. And that's not to disregard what we've seen over the past three weeks of games. Um, certainly take that into account. They should take into account how guys have worked since the moment they walked into the facility take in how much they retain information, how their bodies are moving, what what they're doing relative to what they're trying to do. Uh, but it it's not just how you perform in spring training games. And you can't, you know, I, I got an email from somebody today, I'm not going to divulge the name, but saying, like, how can they possibly go north without both Swaggerty and Janet Smith and Juba? Like, it, it took everything, I, I, every fiber of my being to say, like, I don't know, by plane? Like, how, el- how else would they go north? Like, it's not going to cripple the franchise. They're coming off back to back 100 lost seasons, and they're not going to keep both. Like, it's, it's rosters and reality. Uh, now, I, I said earlier that, you know, t- you talk about competition and you look like fools if you don't actually award anything to anybody who deserves it. And I believe that. You know, you do have bench spots. You do have things that you want guys to earn. And one of these guys has earned to break camp with a big club. And I'm, I'm not sure who it is yet. It might depend on what they do with Choi or how guys finish or if there's injuries or if Kutch wakes up tomorrow with a bum elbow. I don't know. Um, but anyway, it's a it's a whole long-winded rant or way of saying that like I do think the team considers things much differently than fans do.
0: And, and a piece of that, I mean, if I threw these numbers out to, to Pirates fans, th- there's a guy on our team who had 202 plate appearances in A last year, batted 318, slugged 518, hit eight home runs, then made it up to the majors towards the end of the year, got 91 plate appearances, and put together... 0.7 war on fan graphs, 0.9 war on baseball reference, and was wait, around wait, wait. like 26... 26- I, I guess who it is? Yeah, who is it?
1: Mark Mathias.
0: Absolutely. Why... I just don't understand why Pirates fans have... I, I think it's it's maybe just the... I don't know. It's, it's the syndrome of, this is a guy who was DFA'd by another team, but if this guy was in the system for the pirates we would be clamoring for him to get his chance in the majors
1: yeah 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 because you always think your guys are the best we want we want all of the uh, we're gonna give you all of our bad players for all of your good players like that's the same thing psychologically that's happening here um and I understand why like it's great that's why you know you, you guys are stuff to talk about it's why I have you know, a, a job, and I can provide for my family based <laughs> on this stuff. Like, I'm, I'm not about to take a crap on it. Believe me, I'm hugely appreciative. But you know, you, you just need to try to put a different hat on sometimes and think about, like, you know, is your perception of what's happening skewed by anything? And a lot of times, it can be. And, and in this case, I think perception can be skewed by sample size. I think perception can be skewed by, you know, the competition, um, time in the game. I, man, I've, I've seen too many spring training games and I care to count. Um, the back half of them can get a little sloppy. You're playing against guys that are going to be in double A, um, you know, triple A, whatever. Like, it's not the stiffest competition. Um, so I am fine waiting what Sawinski and what Castro have done at the major league level more. Um, at the same time, just don't be blind to it, right? Like, if they continue doing this, if it continues to be an issue with them striking out and not being very good hitters, meaning like you're know, not putting the ball in play enough, they need to act. You know, put Swaggerty in there. Put G1 Bay in there. Play Chris Owings for crying out loud. I don't care. Play Mark Mathias. Like, you know, don't sit there and be um, just, just it's the word I'm looking for. I'm not satiated, but, you know, don't be complacent. Don't be complacent with your team. But, you know, I do agree with giving those guys a nice little head start.
0: And if if anybody like questions why to a degree why Mark you know Matthias w- was DFA'd, go check out uh, Roster Resource. Go look at the depth chart for the Texas Rangers compared to the depth chart oh, yeah, for the for, for the for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and try to figure out where Mark Matthias fits in. And that's where like I I feel like I and here's it's a great thing. I'm a Pirates fan like my main focus is the pirates but you know you you also in, in some ways you know have to <laughs> broaden your horizons a little bit just trying to educate fans a little bit here i just not talking down to it but just saying like if it's this type of guy like i have no problem giving a a player of this caliber you know a chance i think that what fans you know just have that you know bad taste in their mouth is you know, guys that maybe have been given a longer leash in previous years than we thought they should have had, and hoping that that doesn't continue to happen, you know, as this yeah. rebuild-build continues.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the other thing, too, is, I mean, the, the Pirates could stand to have a few more of these success stories. For all the dumpster dives they've done, they really haven't come out with much. I mean, you could argue that like Ben Gamble became a find, but numerically you could put together a pretty good case that Ben Gamble was just a guy. Um, I watched him play a lot and I liked Ben Gamble as a player and I thought he added some stuff to the team, but for as many times as they're claiming guys making these, you know, itty bitty trades or, or basically trying to look under rocks and find a diamond, you would think they'd be able to develop something into something. Um, and that that hasn't happened so like you know I, i'd like to see mark Mathias come to pittsburgh and have an ops that is even a reasonable facsimile of what he did at the end of 2022 um but the, the, the history of the recent pirates and what they've done the past couple of years like they just haven't been able to help those players realize the performance so i think people have the idea that Oh man, here they go. They got another bit part from another organization. They're gonna force feed this guy in and then ride him entirely too long, just like they've done with Miguel Del Pozo and I. Tom and um, I, I could think of a few more if you give me time. You know, even Peters was sort of one of them. And you know, there's just too many Zach Collinses and Kevin Padlos of the world. Even Van Meter. You know, it's not about those guys individually. It's just like this group does have a habit of getting a guy they they're convinced is going to be good and they keep riding them and he stinks. And it just like your fan base wants to kill you. And so like, if you go get some of these guys and you actually turn them into something, I think people are going to be more willing to hear you out.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's building that trust. And if, you know, it's, it's kind of like if, if one guy works out, then another guy works out and it kind of becomes a little bit of a snowball. But before I let you go here, Jason, I I did want to talk to you about one more thing uh, we during the last time we discussed uh, this, we were talking about a six-man rotation. Um, as everybody that will be listening to this tomorrow should already know, that Luis Ortiz, you know, has been, you know, sent down to to AAA. He's he's not going to be starting with the big league club. Johan Oviedo is still here. Uh, so right now, I mean, we still have in you know big league camp. There are still. Six guys that, you know, the the team deems as potential starters. The one thing for me, Jason, is that we talked about this before. You've written about this, and it, it's kind of hard to figure out. And I want to take a little bit of a, a different angle at this. Is just that, okay, you take six starters. That means you have seven relievers. How do you have, with all those games... How do you not burn out your bullpen if you start with a six-man rotation?
1: Yeah, I know. I know. I've thought about that, Craig. And, I mean, their bullpen burned out last year. They ran the wheels off of them. Uh, You had guys hurt. I think when when their bullpen was fully healthy and not dealing with stuff, even like pitching hurt, they weren't bad. And I think this group can be halfway decent, but I worry about overtaxing them. And I think that's what they could end up doing. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I want to step back on the six-man rotation thing or just kind of talk about Oviedo It's the six-man rotation generally, I should say. like He starts, I believe, their next game after the break or maybe or after the off day or maybe the one after that. I'm not sure. He's up soon. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how he fares because I feel like if he goes out there and you know, puts up four or five scoreless, you might have to think about it. I mean, even if it's recency bias, like I'm not basing the entire decision off of that. I mean, there's been plenty of him that's been good, and there's been a little bit that's been bad, but the bad has been kind of explainable. And I I think that, you know, you could look at somebody like Oviedo and say, you need to start. You need to be in a starting rotation. Um, What that means for the other guys, I don't know. That's the difficult question. That's something I worry about. As I said at the beginning, where, you know, are you overtaxing the guys you have? And then if you run them into the ground or all of a sudden midway through the season, are they scouring waiver wires again to try to plop somebody in and fill a hole? Um, So your other option then, Luis Ortiz is down. You're obviously, you know, holding developmental spots for um, Quinn Priester, Mike Burroughs. Uh, I do think Carmen Majenski is going to wind up as a, a reliever. Kyle Nicholas is another guy down there, probably will end up starting So it leaves basically one spot in a five-man. You put Oviedo down there. You could probably make the argument for it, honestly, and I don't think I'd hate it. Um, I don't think he has a lot to gain. From, from beating up on AAA guys at this point. But I do think he has something to gain from continuing to be stretched out for them to get an actual bullpen arm there. Five-man rotation, eight-man bullpen. We're not going to overtax anybody. So there are victories there. Um, is he going to become a markedly better pitcher? I, I don't know. Uh, but again, if he goes out tomorrow, or, or I should say Thursday, I don't even know what day it is down here
0: anymore. <laughs>
1: um, if he goes out here the next time, um, and struggles. I think he's going to make that decision for them, and he's going to make it pretty easy. They could just say, "Okay, he's going down. We're going to go with the five man. We'll call you when we need you, Johan. Thank you." Um, so, anyway, I'll be curious to see how he pitches because I think it might dictate some things.
0: Yeah, and that's the one that that kind of you know just, just wears on my mind. And, and you even mentioned uh, you, Carmen Majinski. Uh, you know, it definitely looks like a, a bullpen role, at least for the the time being, is is in his future. Because I mean, that's the one thing that. I feel like you can garner sometimes from a string training game. And it's not that like everything matters, but if a guy comes in and starts on a clean inning and goes a couple innings and then you're thinking, okay, well then this guy, they're looking at as a starter. But then when they started bringing Majinski in, you know, in the middle of innings and stuff and, and kind of just like a, what a normal relief role would look like, you know, no, no empty bags, you know, maybe trying to, you know, hold somebody on different stuff like that. I was like, and it's not saying that that's where his he's gonna go for life again. I mean, guys have been stretched back out. Oviedo was made a a reliever by, you know, the Cardinals for for a time being, and then had to be stretched back out. But yeah, I mean, at some point in time, you, you only have so many rotation spots in in the majors and in AAA A, and then even down, you know, to Double A with guys pushing up. So I mean, yeah, I, Oviedo. That's that's an interesting one to me. Ortiz. I always kind of saw him as Triple A, just to, you know, kind of polish his stuff up a little bit and see if he is going to make a, you know, major league starter or you know be a, a pretty darn good reliever. But yeah, Jason, I'm just I worry about that six man rotation just because Colin Holderman, you know, coming off an injury, you know, how much right. do you, do you want to press him? David Bednar, you know has ended up, you know, with a back injury and, and getting a little bit worn out over the past two seasons. You know, Will Crow throwing his arm off last year. You know, <laughs> and I, I don't know. You, you have some guys that can eat innings, but I also don't I don't want to throw Dwayne Underwood Jr. to the Wolves again this year. Like, I feel like he has been the past couple years.
1: And, and Craig, I want to read to you a comment from Carmen Majitsky in a second, but um, I agree with that part. And I also think about, What happens if there are injuries? Because this is a long season and there will be. So who are your next calls? What, Johan Ramirez? I mean, I like some of what Johan's done, but he pitched like crap in the spring, and I'm not sure I want to be bringing him into a leverage game at this point. Um, Angel Perdomo, Daniel Zamora, like, okay. Um, Rob's a They've been okay. I'm not sure if if, if you're teams fortunes and protecting leads are banking on those guys in major league competition against the Dodgers like I don't like the Pirates chances no offense and I just I would I would much rather see them tread lightly with the bullpen stuff um as far as Majinski I thought this was interesting and I as we're talking here I I pulled out my laptop because I want to get it right and read this to you so i asked him i did a story on him recently i don't know if people read it or not but i asked him about his velocity taking up it's one of the first things we talked about He said i don't know if i have a great answer for you and also in a bullpen roll, i think everybody in the clubhouse as a pitcher they'd say your velocity is a little higher uh, and and that kind of struck me like you know in a bullpen roll. i said in a bullpen roll, have they told you anything so, uh, uh no 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 they haven't not really like it was almost like a uh um, Oh, crap, I said something. I shouldn't have let me back up. <laughs> I'm sure that's not quite what it was. Um, but being you know there are enough signs there with how he's exerting himself, what his outings look like, how they're using him, what he's saying, um, how he fared, didn't fare, how his stuff ticks up and and seemingly helps when it ticks up. like I don't know, man to me, Majinski looks like a reliever.
0: Yeah, and it and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, to that's where it's like if if some of this stuff you know could start to work out. Obviously, people had in their minds that you know Carmen Majinski was going to be in the future rotation. I mean, as people make them out, those you know twenty twenty five rotations, you know his name's been mentioned. But if he ends up being a a pretty solid reliever and his stuff plays that way, and he can tick up that velocity a little bit, uh, kit, ain't kit, nothing
1: wrong with that. You need those guys too.
0: Yeah, you definitely. You, we need, we need, we need all the arms and all the bats we can get, and and to get uh, to bring up to Cincinnati, to bring out to Indianapolis, to bring to Altoona. Let's let's just fill these you know spots as much as we can. But Jason, you know what, brother, it has been great talking to you again, man. I always get lost track of time here. I could talk baseball for hours, and luckily you 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 uh, you do that for me, and the guys that come on here do it for me because I uh, I know I'm not gonna get it from my wife because she'll kind of just stare at me blankly. <laughs> but, Jason, enjoy the rest of your time down there, man. Uh, who Anybody that doesn't, if you don't follow uh, Jason on Twitter, please do. Uh, absolutely I read all the stuff that he's putting out at the Post-Gazette. Great articles. And like I said, baseball, meaningful baseball, is on the horizon. Let's go.
1: Changes in this town They change, they say One thing but